Everybody talks about what we should be eating and how much we should be eating, but no one talks about how you should be eating and where you should be eating. That's what we're talking about today. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday or whatever day it is you're listening to this. Um, we're going to do another nutrition one today. I hope you guys liked last week's. Last week's, we, we kind of... We dove deep into some of fasting and kind of the timing and when of foods and why to really focus on meals and not snacks and, you know, how metabolic flexibility works and, you know, really trying to mitigate blood sugar and insulin response and so forth. So I want to kind of follow up a little bit on what we talked about last week and um, obviously dive a little bit deeper into a different subject, which is more kind of how. And that's going to be kind of in relationship to digestion and the the efficiency of the food we're eating because here's one thing you guys all need to remember it's not necessarily all about what you're eating it's about what you can absorb right so digestion and gut health plays a huge role into this so I want to dive a little bit deeper into that subject this week um so just to kind of follow up from last week you know some of the things maybe that I missed or kind of skipped over that I really want to kind of cover back on is when you look at the timing of when you're eating um you know a lot of it from just the top down when we look at nutrition we always, like I said last week, is we always tend to focus on calories, which is obviously a measurement of energy. And for the sake of the conversation, once again, I'm going to focus kind of on fat loss and weight loss because that's where 90 plus percent of the clients that we work with and probably most people in the world are probably focused on. So calories are a measurement of energy. So we all know that in order to lose weight, we do have to be at a deficit, right? So we all understand that. That's pretty straightforward. Um, number two, then, is this kind of composition of meals, right, which is macro conversation, which is, hey, how much protein should I be having, how much fat, how much carbs, how much fiber, water, you know, everything like that. Um, once again, I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds of kind of calories and macros because I tell people that, yes, they are very important for the subject and the conversation that we're having here, but it's still very elementary. So I'm getting kind of into some of the more detailed nuances of nutrition and kind of getting everything that without taking a huge change on what you're necessarily eating and more like how the approach of when you're eating the certain meals that you're eating and how you're eating them and why I like to kind of have this conversation with clients is it doesn't require a huge change in the routine yet, right? So what if I said like, hey, you're, you you can eat the same amount of calories, the same macros, the same, you know, same everything, but let's just focus on kind of timing in the beginning. Let's focus on how you're eating it. Let's focus on where you're eating it. Um, and let's make that kind of the foundational stuff of what we focus on because we actually can have results without actually changing anything yet, right? Even though we are technically changing the structure, um, we're not changing necessarily the composition of the calories, right? And uh, this is not like an end-all, be-all kind of rule here. Obviously, we probably do need to change a lot of composition of foods for people, and we do need to change calorie consumption and activity level and all that good stuff. But like I said, we're not going to get too crazy with that. So number one, this is something I put was typing on the newsletter yesterday for the email for today, is when you look at food, um, I like to look at kind of macronutrients as kind of six categories instead of three, right? Most people like to look at protein, fats, and carbs. I like to look at proteins, fats, and I split carbs up into kind of two different categories. I look at fibrous carbohydrates, which would be things like vegetables and fruits and, you know, things that are grown from planet Earth. And then kind of the starchy carbs, the complex carbs, processed, refined carbs, those kind of things. Those kind of being in another subcategory. So carbs kind of have two subcategories. Then there's water, then there's alcohol. Um... So we're just going to kind of talk about the first four, right? Protein, fat, fiber, starchy carb, right? When you look at 
kind of the first part of how you're eating a meal, something that we talked about last week is in order for us to really focus on, you know, having stable energy, um, removing some of these cravings and some of these ups and downs and these peaks and valleys that naturally happens when you have things that are very glycemic or you have you're snacking all the time. Um, or if you're eating a lot of processed refined foods or, you know, high sugar consumption, whatever it might be, what happens is when blood sugar goes up, obviously your body's response to be able to mitigate a high blood sugar is going to be releasing insulin, right? And insulin is that hormone that, like we said last week, pulls the sugar out of the blood, tosses it into the muscle, tosses it into the liver. Um, and obviously if you're sedentary or not burning enough, it will, you know, generally store as fat as well. So, for a lot of reasons, not just even fat loss, we really want to focus on kind of mitigating blood sugar response so we can kind of mitigate insulin because the thing about insulin that we all need to remember is insulin is a anabolic hormone. It is a storage hormone. It's not something necessarily to be scared of, but it's not something we definitely want high all the time because um, unfortunately that leads to insulin resistance and all these other kind of health things. But more importantly is when your body's storing, it's not burning, right? So for that's one thing to kind of think about is now when we look at how we're eating, the first thing I always like to kind of tell clients is how you make your plate is also the same way that in the same order that you should eat your foods, right? So let's kind of just take a very typical example, right? So if I had something like steak and Brussels sprouts and a cup of rice, for example, the way that I'll try to encourage clients from a weight loss perspective of kind of focusing on how they make their plates is start with the vegetables first, right? That's where you start your plate. Then follow up with the protein and or fat. And here's what I mean by that is if you're having something like steak, like a sirloin for the sake of this conversation, that's something that has a decent amount of fat in it already, the saturated fat inside of the animal protein. So you don't necessarily need to be adding any fat to that meal because there's probably enough coming from that or salmon or, you know, things like that. But if you are having a protein like chicken breast or tilapia or something that's a lot leaner, then yeah, you can add, you know, maybe what you're cooking and even could be enough fat or adding a little bit like avocado or some nuts and seeds or some basics there. So yes, you could add fat. And then from there, the last thing that we try to stack on there would be kind of our starchy carb, which could be rice for people or bread or pasta or whatever that might be, right? So here's something to kind of take away. Step one is... Eat your vegetables first, right? And you, this is not like you have to clear all the vegetables first and then move to stage two. It's like just try to get majority of that fiber in first, right? Because what that does is as soon as you start eating, that's going to work its way down into the gut. And that gut and that fiber is going to help mitigate some of the blood sugar response. It's going to help kind of with the tidy level. Satiation is a big thing, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah, pizza or ice cream is not going to kill you, um, but it's all dose-dependent like we always talk about with everything in life and especially everything with health relation. So think about the fiber as kind of being that thing that moves through the gut first, helps with some of that blood sugar mitigation, helps with some of that satiety, so it actually helps you get fuller faster. And you're getting in, you know, obviously with the vegetables, a lot of nutrient density as well. So we're getting in some of the vitamins and some of the minerals and some of those things first. Then the second thing that you should eat is going to be kind of your protein, right? Your protein and your fats. The cool thing about protein, and I'm obviously going to keep this a little bit more kind of focused around animal protein today, is if I have something like chicken or steak or salmon or whatever, um, depending on the protein, once again, some of them will have a lot of fat in there, so you don't necessarily need to be adding it. But if you are having something that you are adding fat to, like I had today, I think I had chicken chicken breast with some avocado, like that would be my fats and my, uh, my protein. When you eat that second... 
protein is has a really, really high satiety level as well, right? So the cool thing about both protein, fats, and fiber is the satiation of those foods is a lot higher than something like rice or pizza or processed foods and carbs because those you tend to eat a lot more calories, right? Because yes, the calorie consumption is going to be the same story no matter if you're eating Fruit Loops or chicken breast, but the chances of you overeating on Fruit Loops versus chicken breast is probably tenfold, right? And the reason why is the the satiation is a lot lower. So you can eat things that have a lot of carbs and a lot of fats built in together. You can naturally eat a lot more of those things, right? And we talked about that last week. It changes the neurochemistry in the brain. And this is what it almost tricks the body into going, I'm not even full. Um, and a lot of it's because naturally it's lower in fiber. It's lower in protein. It's lower in healthy fats. So try to think about every single time that you're eating your meals that you focus on getting majority of the vegetables in first, then you follow it up with kind of your your protein and your fats, and then you work your way to kind of your starchy carbohydrates, right? So that's kind of tip number one on when we look at how to eat, right? And the benefits of eating this way is it's going to help with satiety, it's going to help with you overeating. It's going to help with kind of blood sugar mitigation, which will also help with a little bit of insulin as well. It's not going to prevent blood sugar spikes or prevent insulin from being released, and obviously that's not the goal either. The goal is just mitigation so we don't have these extreme peaks and these extreme valleys because you got to remember when you get tired after a meal that's like high-carb, high-refined processed kind of sugars, um, the reason why is you go straight up, but you also come straight down, and when you go below that baseline, that's kind of where that little dip comes from. That's where naturally a lot of us become tired. That's where a lot of these cravings start to kick in. That's where the kind of the demand or need for like caffeine kind of feels like you need it. Um, and that's because you have actually go, you've gone below baseline before you had that meal or drink. And then when you come back to normal, that's kind of where those disappear. So our goal is to try to mitigate that, right? Because at the end of the day, we're all humans and those things will happen. You know, it's like I'm going to wine country this week and I got a wedding next Friday, for example. It's like those are there's going to be opportunities and times where I'm probably going to have a little bit more sugar, a little bit more carbs, a little bit more alcohol. Um, so that that happens naturally. So a lot of this is trying to focus on what you can control during the opportunity of time of control versus being like, hey, like I fell apart during the wedding and now it's all over. It's like, no, like that's OK. You get right back on your high horse tomorrow. Right. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is I would look at trying to spend more time digesting and chewing, or sorry, chewing so it helps digestion, right? Um, you have to remember this, and this is something that I read that just kind of really, you know, as stupid as it sounds, made a lot of sense, is like your gut does not have teeth, right? Like, you know, when it goes through this whole digestion process of how we eat food, you got to remember the first stage of digestion is actually chewing, Right? And if you eat like my dog does, you're naturally just not chewing and breaking down the food enough, and the absorption rate is different, and obviously the digestion process is not as efficient. Um, so we want to focus on trying to think about the concept of actually drinking your food, which is kind of a weird way to look at it. But when you eat every single bite, trying to take you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 bites or kind of choose per bite – helps that digestion efficacy. It helps with the breakdown of food. It helps with the whole digestion process. Um, and that's going to be a big thing. And the cool thing about that is when you slow yourself down to eat, naturally in return, you're also going to eat less, right? Because at the end of the day, we need, we all need to understand that yes, eating at a deficit requires you eating a little less food, assuming that you're someone that's getting their exercise or even trying to do something on the expenditure side of energy. Um, so a lot of us are overeating for our lifestyles and because we're so sedentary or stressed or whatever it might be, we're taking it too much, right? So 
just focusing on the order of food like we did with tip, uh, tip one of saying fiber first, protein, fat second, then starchy carb, that will help with that because you're not going to eat as much when you eat in that order. Step two, though, is when we look at having more chews per bite is not only is it going to slow you down, it's, I'm going to tell you right now from from personal experience here, the first time that I read about it, and, and I'm one of those people that I like to research and read and then kind of apply before I talk about it, um, it felt it felt way too slow for me. I felt like I was taking way too much time. I'm someone that naturally eats really, really, really fast, and uh, slowing myself down um, is something that not only helps with kind of some of the getting your body into a more of a parasympathetic state, but more importantly, like taking the opportunity to actually chew your food and you know not eat like a damn dog all the time. It actually it forced me to eat a little bit less in a sitting, right? So that's something for most people that have a weight loss or fat loss goal. That is going to be something that we deem as very important, right? So taking the opportunity that when you're actually eating and you're sitting down to eat your food, that you're actually chewing and you're breathing and you're taking your time. You're not rushing this entire process. And like I said, once again, this will help with digestion. And when we look at gut health and the relationship to weight loss goals and health and energy and everything else, there is so much research coming out now about how our gut is plays such a big role and so vital to kind of optimizing health, right? So we want to do everything that we can to really optimize what we're putting into our body, but also how we're putting it into our body, right? So that would be a big thing. That'd be number two is really take the time to really spend time chewing, slow down your eating process. It's not something that you necessarily should be resting. It's not something you should be stressing yourself through and just, you know, driving and eating all the time. Um, you know, taking the opportunity to kind of sit down and take a breather, which is going to lead me into kind of tip number three which is the state that you're in, and this is kind of the how, the state, and the where, which is going to be kind of something that all ties into itself, is you have to remember this, that you know the human body and the autonomic nervous system kind of has two different states that can kind of switch back and forth from, and we have the sympathetic state, which is what we call our fight-and-flight response and our fight-and-flight state, and this is something that we would deem as a stressful state to be in, right? Now, the other side, which is the parasympathetic state, which is in kind of the English version, would be rest and digest and the recovery and all those kind of things. Um, you have to remember, just like training protocols, your training is only good as your recovery. Um, but when it comes to just even hearing the word rest and digest, it's in the name. You need to be in a parasympathetic state when you're eating to really be efficient with what you're putting into your body. And here's why. When your body goes through a state of having a stressful event, right? So you're you're mad at your boss or relationship problem or you're on a hike and you see a mountain lion. Everyone likes to use that example. You know, acute stress is good for the body. There's a hormetic response behind having some level of stress as long as we're kind of balancing out and back to recovery and back into this parasympathetic state. But if you're always in a very, very chronically stressed state, your digestive system does not work as efficiently and the reason why is your body is literally pulling blood out of the gut and it's putting it into the muscle and it's putting it towards these fight or flight responses and these actions and whatever these organs are that are going to be deemed as needing to be important for what I might be doing right so if I use the kind of mountain lion example if I am on a hike and it's nice and parasympathetic and I'm relaxed and all of a sudden I see a mountain lion and I need to run from it, I need to do whatever that is, your body is going to fuel the muscle. Your body is going to fuel the brain to make sure that you're more sharp, your vision gets better, your heart rate will increase, your muscles will have more fuel. Um, and that is obviously very, very important when you're in a sympathetic state. Now, from an eating standpoint, 
not going to be ideal, right? And the reason why is because if your body is chronically sympathetic or your body's in a stress state while you're eating, your body is going to be less efficient at taking in those nutrients that you're giving it, right? And that is going to be a huge piece to what we're talking about because at the end of the day, it's not about what you put in your body. It's about what your body can absorb from it. Um, so like I said, these are some of the details and the nuances that a lot of us just don't think about. So the question is, okay, well, the answer, I'm sorry, is, well, how do I get my body out of that? And the number one thing to control stress, at least kind of consciously um, with control, is going to be your breath. So for some people, this could be even a religious thing, like saying prayer with your family or saying prayer. Or some people, it's just taking the opportunity to take five or ten really deep, slow, deep breaths of saying, hey, four seconds in and four to six to eight seconds out and doing some type of kind of voluntary conscious breath work prior to the meal if you are stressed, taking the opportunity to actually sit down instead of standing or eating while you're driving or eating on the go. And looking at food as an opportunity to understand that this is the time of day, the two or three opportunities, whatever it is on a frequency standpoint, um, for you to fuel and nourish your body, right? And be thankful and be grateful that you actually have the ability to even put food in your body, right? So we have to look at eating should be a very parasympathetic state to begin. So if you are in a stress state or you are in a stressful event, take the opportunity and take the time to spend that one or two or three minutes to sit down, to focus on your breath, to get your body back down first because this is going to help with all those things, right? So if I go to eat breakfast right now, and I am a little stressed out or I'm a little bit high strung or whatever might be going on in the day, sitting down first, if I have to be by myself or people that I love or whatever it might be, taking a couple minutes just to really slow the breathing down and come back to this kind of conscious awareness of really getting my body to go back from sympathetic into parasympathetic. Then every single time that I eat, I start with my vegetables, my proteins and my fats, and then my starchy stuff. And every single bite that I put into my body, I'm chewing it and I'm taking the time to really break down the food first. Just those three things alone will make your body more efficient at what it's eating, right? And that is the goal. The goal is not always necessarily to be working harder all the time. The goal is to be working smarter with what we're doing. So that's a huge piece, right? That would be number three is when we're kind of looking at all these things. Remember, and this could be a whole separate podcast, that if you are someone that feels like you're starting to develop these food allergies or things don't sit well with you, um, I'll use my girlfriend as an example. Last year, she was kind of going through a transition of jobs and she was a little stressful as obviously that comes with the territory. And she started to naturally feel like, okay, like now I'm feeling like avocado upset my stomach. And she was starting to have these gut issues. Um, and one of the things I told her was like, Hey, maybe it could be stress related. Maybe it could be something that, you know, cause we've been eating avocados forever together. And it's not like magically suddenly you just develop this allergy towards it. Maybe there's something else kind of on the, the stress management side that's causing the gut to maybe not be as efficient and maybe giving you a little bit of some, you know, upset stomach or whatever might follow that. And her just taking that and noticing that and maybe taking the time to really manage stress or obviously as she started the new job and some of that just naturally started to disappear, that avocado allergy or kind of thing that was bothering her, it actually disappeared. So that goes to show you that not necessarily everything that you're eating is going to be deemed as bad for you. If you've been eating certain foods your whole life and now all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's starting to bother you. One of the things that I would kind of just tell you to ask yourself is, where am I at from a stress management standpoint? Am I feeling a little bit more stressed? Am I feeling sleep deprived? Am I feeling overtrained? Am I feeling overworked? Because um, those will things that both psychologically and physiologically will stress your body out. And once that becomes a chronically sympathetic state, 
everything nutritionally just becomes that much less efficient in what we're trying to do. And that's obviously a huge piece, right? So, and then the last thing I really want to kind of just leave you guys on, and this is kind of like a weird little tip, um, but something that I try to do for for clients when it comes to weight loss again is try to focus on the, your, uh, you know, we've all heard the story that your eyes are bigger than your stomach, right? Like when I'm hungry, for example, it's like, I'm not, I'm not thinking realistically. I'm just like, give me the fucking food, right? And that, it makes that step one, what I was telling you about how in the order that you're eating, it makes it a lot harder to do. So the little tip that I try to give people, and this is kind of a little, uh, you know, something that you would think would even work, but like eating on smaller plates, using smaller utensils, using chopsticks, using, using things that kind of force you just to downsize your plate, right? We live in, unfortunately, in a state or in a country where we have, like, you go to McDonald's or you go to Chipotle and you get a large, it's a fucking 32 ounce Coca Cola. It's like, it's ridiculous. A large fry. It's huge, right? Um, and a lot of this stuff just tends to be served at very, very big quantities. And naturally, if you give it, I personally am someone that hates wasting money. So if you give me an extra large whatever or a big plate or a big serving like Thanksgiving style, I naturally will eat more than I should because it's on the plate, right? So if you're someone that's looking for fat loss and weight loss and something that's more sustainable, obviously when you're at home cooking yourself, it just makes the whole process that much easier. But start with putting things on smaller plates. Start with using smaller utensils. Start with using chopsticks because slowing the whole process down allows you to, once again, get into a parasympathetic state, allow for you to not to overeat, mitigate some of the response from overfeeding and overeating the wrong things. And these are all small tips that require zero change in what you're eating so far and just more of how you're eating and where you're eating and the state that you're eating, right? Um, and that's going to be a big thing. And at the end of the day, when you look at some of these tips that I'm trying to give you guys nutritionally, we have to remember that the easiest way to control these variables is by cooking more by yourself. And I think I might probably make this an entire separate podcast. But when you can learn, like I personally try to live by the 80-20 rule, meaning 80% of the food that I do put into my body, we shop for it ourselves, we cook it ourselves, we prep it ourselves, and we bring it to work. And the other 20%, if we like to eat out or drink or whatever your vice might be, um, it's obviously you've done enough of the good things to obviously have that, that budget left over where I can eat out at a restaurant. But if you're always eating out and you're never controlling the ingredients or the variables or how it's cooked, it makes this entire process a lot harder, right? Or if you're going to go get something like tacos for lunch, it's like, are you going to pull out the, the lettuce first, the vegetables first, and then eat the protein and then eat the shell? It's like, <laughs> how realistic is that? Obviously, it's probably not going to be as realistic. So at the end of the day, to make this all easier, if you wanted my biggest tip of the day when it comes to nutrition, start shopping and cooking your own food, right? And this is something over the last two years I've been trying to remind people is you guys have all been stuck at home. And if you're listening to this, you're probably someone that probably is working remotely. And you have all this extra time from not driving, hopefully if you're not overworking now, to learn how to cook if you don't know how to cook because that's always the biggest thing is it, it comes down to just being lazy with it, right? It's like we don't know how to do something, so we skip to do it. So we all like to go the efficient route, the convenience route, and I'm telling you right now, this country is fucked up from a nutrition and health standpoint because convenience has been on the forefront of what we do. So if you want to really recontrol health and take over back your energy and really kind of control a lot of these variables, start to cook your own food. Start to shop for your own food. Sorry about that. This phone's just been going off now. Um, so that's going to be a big piece, right? It's just really connecting back to your food at the end of the day because that's going to be the thing that makes it the easiest to control these tips that I'm trying to give you guys anyways. When you're going out to a restaurant, 
doesn't make it as efficient. And that's obviously going to make it a lot harder than what we're doing. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. Um, I just want to kind of make this a short one to kind of follow up from last week. I might be doing another nutrition one. I know that this has kind of been the big focus for this month is going to be nutrition for everything that we're doing. Um, so if you guys have any questions, as always, leave a comment, shoot me a DM, shoot me a text. I know you guys have been sending me a lot of text messages, just loving what we're doing. Um, and I really appreciate that because it makes that a lot easier for me to do it. And as always, leave a review, subscribe, and share this with somebody that you think can benefit from this information. And as always, uh, have a good weekend. I'll talk to you next week. See ya.